So you're a fan of Atlanta United. And you heard ATL on Fire has crazy insights to your favorite team. Or maybe you're just here for the crazy. Amar said it? You've got to be kidding me. Nah, I'm here to produce, keep the sanity, and of course, drink wine. Or maybe to hit the buttons. And crank up the crazy. Whatever you're here for, we're going to talk about it all. I'm Dave Cass. I'm Mikey Dobbs. And I'm Carmen Butler. And this is... The ATL on Fire Podcast Show. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of ATL on Fire, the podcast where we talk all things Atlanta United Football Club. Been uh, a little hiatus for a little bit. I hope everybody's doing all right. Carmen, how are you? You got surgery scheduled for tomorrow? Yeah, well, yes, I have my pre-op tomorrow and surgery next Tuesday. Oh, next Tuesday. Yeah, this coming coming Tuesday. So, lots of fun, lots of fun. Dave, how are you? I'm doing all right. Yeah? I've been down to uh, the National uh, Girls uh, Soccer College Showcase and back down in uh, IMG Academy in Florida, where I watched the top women's uh, youth soccer teams in America compete. Where were most of the teams from? All over the country. So uh, my daughter was playing up a year on the 06 Top Hat team. They took on they, – they were the second top hat team, so they were in the, the showcase group. But um, So they took on San Diego, Salt Lake City, and Spokane, Washington. Ooh. And Eesh. the top team played against Chicago and also a California team. And anyway, the teams were from everywhere. Carmen, I don't remember when we were playing. There was no showcases. I don't remember showcases either. Yeah. yeah. This this was the top group was actually for the national championship. Or oh. They have two two yearly national championships in the Gal League. So there's one and then another oh. one. And literally every single women's college coach was there. Like okay. if you name it, they were there. There was only the Duke sh- was there. College of Charleston was there. Oh, okay. Um, wow. North. Representing. That's I was awesome. going to say the only showcase we had was Showcase Showdown and The Price is Right <laughs> as a kid. But things have progressed. It's awesome. It's incredible. Well, before we get started, let's thank our sponsor, Dave. Yeah. Which, uh, you want to yes. give a little shout out? Wild Heaven Brewery. It's three words is all I got to say is get there, get there often, get there now. It's great. Emergency drinking beer. Start there. Explore. Uh, a great brewery here in the southeast and uh, bringing some flavor. So spring is upon us. Go and if you haven't already checked it out, listen to our uh, our podcast with the owner, Nick. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's right. Um, and then, you know, moving on to other spirits, Dave, you've you've donned us with a uh, Cabernet Sauvignon. Oh. Yeah, that's the name of it. I don't know. It's pronounced I have no Dao. idea. I have no idea. I have no idea how you pronounce it, but it's uh, it's a very fancy Paso Robles Cabernet Sauvignon um, from 2020. Very, very nice. What mm-hmm. do you think, Carmen and Mikey Dobbs? You go ahead, Dobbs. I think it is. It's the exact type of just easy drinking cab that I love. Uh, our house wine is the McManus, and I kind of put it in the same category. Is just it's got a lot going on it's easy to drink um full body what do you think carmen uh well i will say Cass came in here saying it is spectacular oh i would agree with that i would agree with that very good 
Well, my very house, rich. My house wine is always spectacular. All right. Well, so, you live in the good life. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All, All right. right. So we have two games to discuss. We've got the Toronto FC tie at home, which Dave, I think you were able to make that game. Yep. And then we went on the road to Charlotte and uh, made up for our last loss there. I think when we were on the road to them, if I'm not mistaken with That's these correct. three yeah. zero dominating win, uh, I was only able to watch the highlights. I, unfortunately I've been busy with some things, but uh, you know, I'm going to be relying on you to tell me about Atlanta United, but before we get to Atlanta United, yep. there was a big report that was released yesterday. Carmen was unable to work because she was reading through 50 pages <laughs> of documentation of the Greg Burhalter report, which was done by which law firm or some? Austin Bird did the Austin report. Bird, okay. I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I know, Carmen, what, uh, what, is, what was your initial oh, take as you read through all these pages? It was a lot of reading to basically say a couple of things, which is we're not we're finding that Burhalter should not have assaulted his ex girlfriend, but it was shocking thirty years ago, so we can't do anything about it. Right, so he can be hired again, or it's not a legal risk. Yeah, there was never any any uh, charges or police involved. Yeah, so it was never on the record. Um, yeah. Yeah. So basically, they couldn't really find anything besides yeah. the, you know. But also, record. nothing new, right? Like, it, it, new. he already admitted to that and said, apparently, hey, they is... both admitted to it the next day. Right. To their Which coaches. Is, right. Yeah. So, both so, of them. So, while a terrible event for the Burholters yeah. and inexcusable for Greg Burholter, uh, immediate recognition, you know, when it was brought up and when it was leaked, that mm-hmm. they didn't try to hide anything. And they've been married 30 years and. That seemed like something that they were okay with in their own lives that they had moved past. So yeah, we all knew that, right? So there's nothing. There was nothing new per se, right? Like you, was, yeah. was there any other um, details well, on other potential incidents? Or I something? mean, nothing about any other incidents. It was all that incident, and it okay. was the incident was isolated. It happened yeah. that one night. They both told their college coaches. The college coaches said, "We're glad you reported it," but they didn't do anything. Yeah. Um, but I have to admit, I, it, it did sound more serious than I thought it ha- was originally. Mm-hmm. Like I, when yeah. they start, like I kicked her in her legs, I was almost thinking like sibling kick fights, yeah. you know, no. but he knocked her, I mean, she hit him, he knocked her down, pushed her yeah. and then kicked her yeah. where a stranger was walking by and had to tackle him to get him yeah. to stop. And then she left. How hard did she hit him? I'm just curious. Was they, that reported? They didn't necessarily say how hard, but I. It seemed yeah. like they said a scratch at one point, a yeah. hit and a scratch. But they were. I'm just saying, asking because women can be mean too. Is all they, I'm saying. I mean, she, I'm just gonna be in, in a fair society. I'm just saying, like how like was there any abuse for him? Like, I'm just asking. I mean, he was just, hit first. Okay. I don't necessarily yeah. know how hard. And they were both drunk, admittedly drunk. Yeah. And apparently he's a little jealous because she had been dancing with a football player. But it sounds like every athlete. <laughs> At UNC knew about it. Yeah. Um, but he did seem to be very contrite afterwards. He got counseling. He right. volunteered. He stayed away from her, made an effort to stay And there away. hasn't been any... And nothing. Smoke signal sense. Nothing. Everybody okay. said nothing they could find. Just to, to clear yeah. that, inexcusable behavior, right, to, to do anything like that. Um, and so now the report shifts to the Reina family, no? Shifts <laughs> very hard, hard right to the Reina family. And it was interesting because I didn't know that that was necessarily being investigated. It sounds like they started off mm-hmm. with, we're going to investigate Burr Halter, see yeah. if this has happened. And then they're like, 
And we asked them also to look into whether there was any impropriety in terms of, you know, the, the, the Raina's relationship and the report yeah. that they made. And, yeah, that was worse than yeah. I thought it was going to be. I think Claudio be. should be careful what he's wishing for there with some more minutes for his son because he really uh, poked the wrong tiger there. Yeah, and the fact, I mean, the stuff they were reporting went back to 2016. Yeah, so before, seven years. He but, was like 13 years so, old. So some of the things he was doing were pre-Greg Berhalter being appointed the U.S. men's national team coach. Mm -hmm. That was... Uh, suspect in terms of how he was trying to influence the U.S. soccer uh, leadership and the U.S. Soccer Federation. Uh, a lot of, you know, pushing around in terms of his opinions and emails, right? Yeah. I mean, asking for red cards to be taken away from Gio so he could play. Right. The, the statement about we need to get good refs, why we have women refs out here, we need yeah. to take this seriously. I guess they're... <laughs> I, I, nice. Just yeah. things clearly trying to influence you. But during that time, correct me if I'm wrong, the Burhalters and the Reynas were still, you know, having Christmases together oh, and such. Best best friends. They even said, I can't remember the year it was, where Reyna was being interviewed to be either the technical director or general manager of U.S. soccer. One of the questions they asked him, who do you think should be the next U.S. men's national team coach? And he said Greg Burhalter. Right. So this is, I mean, he yeah. suggested that Berhalter yeah. be the U.S. And what's interesting, player. yeah, is no, nothing. So, I mean, that's the gist, right? Everybody's probably read. We don't need to recap um, too many of the quotes, right, that were kind of out there in terms of, like like you said, in terms of, you know, taking certain qualifying games or whatever seriously with mm -hmm. proper refereeing and then having a sex, sex, sexist statement added into that. Um, also, you know, his email to... Um, Who's the previous uh, McBride? McBride, yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Was yeah, uh, was pretty scathing in terms of just showing just how how out of his mind he kind of was when he was emailing some of these things to somebody who's a former player and just what his overall opinion was of U the U.S. Soccer Federation in general. I guess is more of the point there is Claudio didn't think highly of the leadership in U.S. Soccer. Well, nobody does. <laughs> <laughs> that might that be something that he might yeah. have gotten right. right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. well, I think to me, well, even uh, and and I don't mean to be. This is where I think him being sexist he, mm. was wrong, right? Like maybe his point was right. We need better refereeing. I don't know whether that I haven't seen the game, right, and whether it was good refereeing or not, right? So right. he could be completely wrong. One thing I will say is I, I do believe refereeing in general in the u.s and in mls needs an upgrade right but that has more to do with training and it has nothing to do with gender right right and For so sure. I, that is a problem right so it's about the way he's phrasing things it's right. about it's about tackling yeah, criticize the ref but why do you have to point out that she's a woman what correct. does that have to yeah. do with correct. anything and, and right? i and yeah. <laughs> bad ref is a woman a great bad ref, ref is a, a woman right come on that's it that is my point right and so uh, I haven't, you know, seen the game that he's talking about. So maybe it was bad refereeing. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe he's total sexist. If it wasn't bad refereeing, I don't know. I think um, overall, though, I think it's just a really bad look for the Reina family in general. And does this distract Gio's play? I think it has to, at least in the near term, right? So Gio just got called up again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. By the way, in the newest squad, he just got named yesterday. 
So it didn't didn't cause him to be dropped. You might have thought yeah. that you know the interim coach might have said, "Hey, let's have a little bit of a break," but no. And he's had three goals at Dortmund since the yeah, incident. Yeah, he's so. had some mixed things. All like, three goals were off the bench. Yeah, it doesn't seem like he's um, killing it. No, I mean he's, he's scoring, but um, yeah, I mean to me, I think the biggest take home here. Besides the personalities and the fact that the Reynas may not be the, the best people to know. But, um, you know, the biggest thing here is what in the world is U.S. soccer still like a group of like 20 former U.S. nationals, right? Yeah. There are so much more, you know, for example, you know, a Gareth Lagerway, right? You know, who is the MLS, you know, director of the year multiple times yeah. right why isn't he being considered for u.s yeah. soccer director that kind of thing another thing i just want to say after the report i feel like you know greg berholders can't be that dumb he knows he's not going to get rehired right his contract right. is up this report put him in the best light possible given nothing new right from from the damage that was already done a couple months ago right why does berholter not take the high road here and say i am not going to take the job even if they were to offer it to me uh and just look look better in terms of saying hey i want that what's best for you it's like why wouldn't that be his approach right now with this report being released i would if i were him that's the road i would go down you know why why because there's a 50 50 chance that he still ends up as coach no what? way yes there is no, in my that's opinion. Shut up. i need a what button do i press for that <laughs> put him in a straight jacket is that that one Somebody should put a straight jacket on this guy. Somebody <laughs> should put a straight jacket on. Because uh, you cannot be correct. I shouldn't 50, be correct. But no, okay. You're, That's madness. You're, but wait a second. You're a scientist. So, so, you're into research. Like, let's yeah. break this down for us. So, so Cindy... You can, Cone. Parlo Cone. Parlo Cone, who is the women's... Is the whole head of the U.S. Soccer Federation now. Yeah. She, her statement was, you know, he's still very much in consideration now that he's been exonerated. But then she needs to be fired, too. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> I mean, that's what I think. It's still, that's the problem. That's my point. Holy is that cow. Nothing has changed about U.S. soccer. We had an incident. We might have repercussions for individuals or whatever. But they nobody has pointed out no. the bigger problem that caused this. The fact that you have, you know, guys who are running the program, all of whom played together, the three of them, and nobody from the outside, nobody in there. Yeah, but Cindy's saying the right thing. She has to say that legally. So I don't she, think so. Yes, she does. I wouldn't have, she doesn't have to say that. Yeah, that, that's what the lawyers are telling me. Like, make sure you say that Greg is still in the candidacy because they have to. I mean, I feel like there Correct? was. I feel like there was probably something worked out to say. I mean, because otherwise, I just I, there'd be no way you say that. Now, granted, I'd almost say he's eligible, maybe not in consideration, because that means we're actually considering him to be a coach. Well, now that we, we're mincing words, eligible and considering. I'm just saying, if a lawyer like, was involved, yeah, I'd be like, oh, I know how the general counsel works. <laughs> when they like, really, that word is a synonym for this word, but you prefer that word. I get it, but. Come on. I, I really believe that there is less than a 0.01% chance that Greg Berhalter is going to be reappointed. Okay, if that's the case, then you'll take a one-sided bet, which is I will if take he gets any reappointed, then you owe me a really you nice bottle of wine. You heard it here on ATL on Fire. <laughs> and not only that, like, I mean, literally, like, we're talking a really nice... We're going to celebrate like it's 2026 <laughs> World Cup. <laughs> Honestly, I think if I had to I was going to say 1999 like Prince, but yeah. 
Or it's like just, it's 99. I remember that when we were younger and that was oh. the future. Yeah. That was the future. <laughs> and now I got to go to the World Cup 2026. Sorry. I. Well, no, what I would say is if, to be honest with you, if, if I was a betting person and I had to slightly lean on the over-under, I think the over is on they bring him back. No. Because really? people are also talking about all the all the conversation that I've heard out of U.S. soccer and even publicly Twitter, etc., is about how he earned such a thing. You know, he earned the right to stay on. This was an unfortunate thing that happened. No he was exonerated. Way. There's no way it's going to happen. I agree with, with you, but with the with the women's WSL, uh, you know, NWSL to bring back somebody who whatever is 30 years ago was yeah. never brought to the police. It is not going to happen, Dave. It would be suicide for men's soccer to do that. I agree with you. Because of where we are <laughs> in the political uh, lens of things and where women's soccer is right now. I tell you, Bad if, it, if it happens and you have to get me this spectacular bottle of wine, I'm probably going to chug it and fall over. That's yeah. how upset I'm going to be. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I agree with you 100%. Yeah. It would be absolute freaking yeah. madness. It would be horrible. I mean, for at every level, for for yeah. what we think about women, for soccer, but for but, not getting rid of the structure of U.S. It'd be but, horrible at every level. But you're right in terms of the thinking of like, why would you think madness would change? Right, the definition right. of san insanity, which U.S. men's soccer and seems to be doing, has, over and over and over again. Nothing has fundamentally changed about U.S. soccer, right? You know. Um, you know, when, when you, you, you know, it's, it, you know, we talk a lot about tactics, right? And it's sometimes like, it's sort of that idea that if you diagnose just the actual little problem, you see it here and you fail to see the big picture and you don't actually fix the structural problem, you can fix this and this and this all you want and you'll never go away. Okay, Dave. Um, while we're on the topic of 2026 and World Cup, the pool of teams is expanding correct correct so can you tell me a little bit about that so there's going to be potentially more games at mercedes-benz with this change which is one of the upsides what are you, what are your thoughts on the ups and downsides of I think more teams is it eight groups of four um, and the knockout rounds go it's just it's the group yeah. of 32 right, right. that becomes what's crazy is that two teams go through from every group and then a uh oh, really? a best third place winner comes through so that wouldn't be if it yeah that must uh no because then if it was eight groups then it would all be equal you would have all three is it know. something like 100, 104 teams oh no that's crazy no right? that's yeah. a number of games number of games expanded 104 it's games. almost like almost tripled it was like 40 you know or 50s going to 120 or something yeah. um the number of games um there's 48 teams 48 um and they're groups of four so that's 12 that's why so it's 12 groups of four and then the best four third place winners form 16 that's how it is okay yeah. overall thoughts on that do we need more mediocre teams? No. Well, I, I don't. I don't necessarily. I mean, I, I, I think a better tournament is a smaller thing, but a smaller tournament. But um, to be honest, I don't have a problem with FIFA doing that. I really like bringing in teams, giving chances for teams. You know, 
Um, those countries are going to yeah. continue to develop. I have no problem with them being in the World Cup. What I don't like is that the knockout round means nothing. Yeah. Right, it almost means nothing. You just got to finish yeah. in the top so two in your group. There is sometimes a, there is a more like FA Cup chance where like some of the lower lower ranked teams make a run. The same way we saw with Morocco in the in the last yeah. World Cup. And yeah. you go right to sixteen where it's single elimination. So the whole point of having a group stage is so mm-hmm. that you can have you know you can have one bad moment and you're not out, and you can deter, you know you can figure out who the better teams are and give them an advantage. In this case. There's no advantage. Yeah. Like hardly any advantage. I mean, yes, technically you're first place. You go through as a first seed. You get to play a two or three or whatever. But there's no real advantage there, right? So hard pivot, Atlanta United, the theme of this podcast. We have a two-game recap. Uh, Two weeks ago, we played Toronto at Mercedes-Benz. Was the roof open, Dave? Because the weather seemed to be like it was good, no? Or was it raining? What was the story there? The weather was fine, but the roof was not open. Why don't they open the roof? That's a good question. I don't know. No one knows. What's the conspiracy there? That the players are soft and they want air conditioning? Uh, (laughs) I've heard a lot of different rumors there. But I think they need to open the roof way more often. Is it too much pollen in the air? I mean, come on. (laughs) Allergies? What's the story? I don't know. Anyway. I I can't even hazard a guess. We we predicted uh, if I if if I recall you predicted a draw. Dave Katz was correct with the draw call in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carmen and I were even more pessimistic. I predicted <laughs> like a three to one loss in that game. And yeah, you, you I thought I was going to be the most pessimistic. Yeah, I, uh, I was definitely more pessimistic. And and the, as the game started and we went down one nothing, I was like, okay, well. One of us is going to be right. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me about your recollection of that game. Carmen, were you there? Did you watch on TV? No, I think I missed that one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So um, it's all, it's all on you. I have to carry it. You know, so, okay. So let's go through the, 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 the individual things that I saw first, and then we'll go to the more of the big picture. So first of all, Miles Robinson, in my opinion, I wrote that he really looks back, right? Suddenly in this game, and I didn't think so much in the first game. I didn't think so in the preseason. He accelerated. He was moving around reading it, and all of a sudden I was like, hey, that's the Miles Robinson I know. I love that observation. That's great to hear. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, phenomenal. That's the really, really good. Oh, speaking of which, he got called up, didn't he? Yeah. To the U.S. team. Did he really? Today, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. well-deserved. I saw that on my uh, feed just before this, yeah. 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 Um, So... You know, we can go through a lot of the things. The bad <laughs> was was Sosa in that game, or is he still out? No, he's still suspended. He was out. Yeah. So yeah. his he came off suspension for the Charlotte match. Yeah. Okay. Um. So Lennon constantly getting in Araujo's space. Yeah. Right. And so Lennon is just bombing forward. You know, the moment we get the ball and getting all the way up to our front line and standing there and bringing his defender close into Araujo. And Araujo was getting more and more frustrated in that game. Right. Um, just as we were concerned. And we'll about. go to it. I have a moment I pointed out from the second game against Charlotte. <laughs> this is the exact same moment. But anyway, the this is a problem. Right. You know, it may not be a problem yet, but it's a problem, you know, um, in the long run. And what's interesting, though, is that his clearly solution is that 
Lenin is uh, got the green light to go forward all the time, but he has now asked Gutman to stay back most of the time. And so we typically have three in the back, right? right. So we don't have what we had last year, which was constantly having two in the back and we'll get to what that does but the super advantage of that is we actually with three in the back is enough to actually have a press and we are actually starting to see a little bit of a successful press because we sometimes have it marked up you can do that with three players um so that i think is 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 the big success um it's an unbalanced system. It's really weird to have your right back going all the time and your left back not most of the time, right? And what it does is it creates this, um, because it's unbalanced, it creates this weirdnesses on the counterattack. So Miles Robinson is playing the right center back, and he is clearly, so th- thankfully, because Gutman is back, Miles Robinson um, is able to um, just shift over a little bit. We don't have to have one of the center backs, a Sosa or Josetsu so Miles can or whatever. Cover, cover a little bit for Lennon being Yeah, there. we used to have one of our center backs trying to cover him behind Lennon, which is nuts. Mm. And now we have just, all he has is, is Miles Robinson moving over a little bit. So that's great. Now, but... The, the weird thing about it, so so Parata ends up being basically a center back, Robinson a right back, and Gutman a left back. And all three are sort of center kind of back players, and they're fine as a three. But the one thing that is weird, and it almost cost us a couple of times in this game, when there's a counter, Robinson is trying to get back to be a center back, and that to mark the guy that allows Parazza to release to help Gutman, and it's there's a lot of sorting out going right. out, a lot of little circles. Yeah, happening and the problem is when you're sorting out on a counter that's happening fast, Mistakes good teams are, are gonna yeah. put you to the sword. Yeah, okay, um, I'm with you so far, but I think you said instead of center backs covering for Lenny, it would be like a central defender like a uh inabara or sedic or even Josetu in terms of covering for for lennon no? we don't want that I mean, no i yeah. i know but that's my point is like we've solved that with miles yeah. shifting over yeah. just a tad yeah instead of it being in a yes because that, so many times last year we had a center back covering him behind them and what that means is two things one that we don't have a set where we're then down a man in the center of the park yeah. and then also even if so let's say Josetu or Sadich or whoever comes back in um, Ibarra comes in and wins that ball as we talked about it one of the problems with this system is now right Ibarra is trying to play to Ibarra right? or right. supposed right. to be playing to Ibarra <laughs> right he's supposed to have yeah. a midfield option yeah. and so, one of the midfield your options solution, is himself. Your solution creates another problem yeah, yeah yeah so we didn't have a lot of that yeah. so we have midfield that's staying in the midfield which means that we tend to have the midfielder marked up right and now a couple of times we're really starting to win the ball up the field you'll you'll hear about a little bit more in the charlotte game we in the last two games not so much in the first game but in the last two games actually turn people over up the field and recycle the ball Mm. and when we do that and you get almada or Araujo or whatever on the ball in a transition moment, they can really take advantage of it. So at what minute did we get scored on by Toronto in that game? I'm trying to recall. Um, Is that second half? I think Carmen can Carmen pull it on us. It's on the, on the screen here somewhere. 52nd minute. Got it. 
Yeah, okay. is when they scored. So second half, mm-hmm. Federico. Berman, and we we scored shortly after Despy. that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's their best. So the best player, fortunately, didn't play, um, and that is um, uh, Insigni. Insigni. And then their second best player is Federico <laughs> Bernadeschi. Bernadeschi. Kevin was pronouncing it for me. He was at the game, and he okay. did. He, he told me he's like you're gonna butcher it on the podcast, and, yeah. and it's, he's right. No, Thank you, Kevin. You did, I thought you did very well. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, he was, you know, and I didn't actually think so. Bernadeschi is sort of a off the insignia kind of guy. The two of them are really, really good together. He was sort of the central focus, and I don't think he could carry it. He didn't seem like no. he looks. I've seen him in other games playing with the two of them, and he looks much more dangerous. Now, in fairness, he scored the goal, yeah. right? Um, yeah. There was a counterattack. Yeah. Um, we got caught up the field. It was played in behind. Does it sound familiar? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and he ran yeah. at the defense. They were scrambling around. Parata was never able to come over fast enough because Robinson wasn't back early enough because he was covering for Lennon. A little of the uh, same. Yeah, a little bit of the same. But that being said, I thought, you know, overall, um, you know, I wrote with three in the back most of the time, we kept them in their end a lot. Um, Yeah, and I I thought, look, looking forward to it, I said, look, hopefully with Sosa that we really start to get um, changes. And, And the other thing is that we saw the debut of, Papa Giorgio yeah. and Etienne came on, and they looked dangerous at the end of that game. Now, did they start or did they come in late? No. <laughs> neither one of them started, neither no. Etienne nor uh, Giorgio Yakamakis. 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 No, started. neither started. Papa Giorgio. And which is, you know, look, you know, Papa Giorgio literally got his visa like. Yeah. I don't and, know, within and, 24 hours of the game. Yeah. So, you it, know. It looked like he scored a goal in that game, too, no? He did. <sighs> he scored the game winner, Mikey Dodge. Yeah, but because the flag went up. Yeah, can somebody explain that to me? I, because. Hey, Don't they, uh, Claudia Arena can explain it for you. <laughs> now I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh. oh snap! <laughs> that was that was a low blow. I do not co-sign on yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be me if I'm not being me. Yeah. So the linesman, you know, flagged it as being offside and. The thing that I really don't like, and you know, you're you're, you're a big proponent, of course, of VAR is VAR and, and offside is yeah. offside. And there's no, you know, the whole point is a computer calls it and you can't argue with that. Yeah. And I'm, I'm okay with that. But here's the thing, right? And they do this in the Premier League. They have a line. They have an explanation. Nobody has come out and explained that call at all. No. Nobody has put a line on that. So that's the, MLS. So for there's you. two possibilities. We still don't know. There's two possibilities. One possibility is that his literally his hand or his elbow or his tongue or something was no, outside. No. Right? No, there's actually they've defined it right in the MLS. It has to be a body, yeah. part of your body part. So it is defined. Yeah. If not, they got a real problem. Yeah. Right? So then there's the camera to say what the explanation is. Right. Now, whether but they never you, now, showed us now, whether that. you use a line like the EPL or not, you can mm-hmm. still say mm-hmm. by our eyeball test, we feel that his shoulder was leaning over the offsides line by one millimeter, and thus he's offside because the scoring mm-hmm. part of his body is in an offside position, right? Because it's a scoring part of your body, not your hand. But the other possibility, so the flag went up, right? Although it was interesting, so the flag was delayed. The flag didn't go up right off the bat. 
and the flag came up a few seconds later. And what I don't know is that was there was a moment to make the call and think about it, and then the flag went up, or was there someone in the ear saying VARs, you know, semi-automatically calling it offside? Here's what. It, I- but in any case, what I was going to say is that the flag went up, and so the other possible interpretation is that the flag went up, and even though VAR judged it to be onside, because the flag went up, it was not clear enough to overturn it, or maybe it influenced the play even. Which is why I think that the linesmen's need to be taken out of offside altogether, right? They just do damage to it with that rule of like accidentally throwing the flag because they think that they're mm-hmm. better than technology. Yeah. And that happened in whatever EPL game I was right. watching or some Champions League the other like right. it was clearly onside but the person threw the flag mm-hmm. and I, I I don't get why do they can So you know a good analogy here is tennis, right? When they first had the the, the laser line on the yeah. tennis for serves they had they still had a judge for that right. and then <clears throat> and then the judge would you know if it was really close they would go to sort of the review and, and they found the judge was never more accurate than the yeah, computer always <laughs> wrong <laughs> so they just they got rid of that judge and now it's yeah. just a it's a computer does right. the whole thing exactly right. and that's what i found impressive about the world cup the one thing that Qatar did correct was implement that camera technology, yeah. which nailed it every time. Even that very first offsides where Qatar was playing somebody else and there was that weird moment where the goalkeeper came out. And mm, yep. the, the only thing that that explained is the, the hard thing for a camera to, to really clearly decide is who the ball went off of last. Right. That's still a little bit of an iffy part for me on the technology mm-hmm. when there's a big scrum of three people smashing Right. Mm-hmm. To right. say, who did it actually come off of last? Right. That's the one X factor with technology that I don't know. Maybe somebody at Georgia Tech or one of these engineering schools can <laughs> solve with a microchip. Do yeah. it. That's a that's a yeah. thrown down the gauntlet. Gauntlet. Oh. Right. You know, Challenge. we got an ATL on fire sticker for anybody Please. who figures it out. <laughs> Please. Uh, so where was I? Where but what was I was going to say, the one thing about that. So I, so what happened was Parata was. We think onside. Um, he hit it. It came back out. And then Yakamakis was absolutely quick and dynamite to react yeah. first and smashed it in the goal for the game winner, which would have been a game winner in his debut uh, late in the game. It was like 86, yeah. 80, yeah. whatever, something. Minute. Which I immediately liked. I was like, okay, that just shows regardless whether there's on or offside is like he's got that instinct to just smash it in the goal. That's a... That's an in-the-box, fox-in-the-box type of goal yep. that we've mm-hmm. been missing. Fox-in-the-box? Anybody heard of that? No. No. I have not. That's what uh, Josh Wolf said he was. He said oh. he couldn't score like his son Owen from 25 out, <laughs> like his, uh, his Austin uh, yeah, FC right. debut where he right. knocked one in. But, from uh, forever, yeah. yeah. Josh was saying, I'm a fox-in-the-box. I was like, I like that term. I think I like that term, too. Yeah, fox-in-the-box. Yeah. All right. So What else in that game? Anything you want to... You know, uh, Toronto, to be honest, didn't look that good. So that's a credit to us. I thought we kept them in their end there and a lot. Now, obviously, without Insignia, they're not the same team. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not nearly as dangerous on the counter or, or offensively. But, you know, and they've had a poor start, right? Mm-hmm. I think they only have, what, that tie and two losses, right? But, um, you know, I have, I, you know, you, <laughs> making a fool out of myself, but I picked them to be amongst the top, you know, in the whole league at the end of the season. So 
Um, we'll see. If that turns out that Toronto is towards the top at the end of the season, then that's not a bad result. If Toronto ends up where they are now, then mm, not so, so good. Can you go to the, the, the tab you were just on? So we played a 4-2-3-1 according to the Google here. Uh, mm-hmm. Wiley got subbed off. Huzetu got subbed off. Yeah, Ibar- was- Ibarra got a yellow card. And uh, Miguel Berry got subbed off for Yakimakis, who we mentioned, who had a goal ripped away. Um, and Barry did nothing in this did game. Nothing. Okay. Nothing. Not, not a, I actually right. watched. I realized I watched the end of this game. Mm. Yeah. And Sean Johnson, I think, saved them a couple of times. Sean like he made, Johnson. He made a couple really good saves. How, how did Brad Guzan look in this game? He has looked fine. He hasn't put a foot wrong. Now, he's a little bit, feels slow like a little slow off the line, yeah. a little yeah. bit slow getting down, but he hasn't made any mistakes yeah, yet. Yeah, he, he made a mistake in the uh, in the game against Charlotte, but I'll get to that. Um, I felt like he was really slow getting off his line to get a ball or punch it out with authority. So I did say that it, that Sean Johnson bailed him out a couple of times with yeah. fabulous saves. Yeah. Um, but the truth is that sort of with all mm. the possession that we had, I noted that we really weren't very mm. dangerous. No. Not at all. So that was, so, to me... What was it, What was your overall grade with from like, you know, A to F with the minuses and pluses involved? What are you going to grade? C minus? C, I was going to say. C? Yeah. Okay, C. Because we got the win, right? But yeah. No, what, a, a tie. A, a, a tie, right? Sorry. We got, got a tie. So C. I'm going to give us a C minus. Yeah. I can see that. Mm. <laughs> I was being generous with the C. <laughs> it sure. was not good. It was really not an entertaining game. Uh, I mean, the only reason why I would say that we were good is that we actually were able to keep yeah. them in their end for large swatches. swatches we were at the game. we were at home. They were yeah. they were missing their star player, and we still couldn't get the win. Right. So that's a C minus. All right, <laughs> on to Charlotte on the road. A better look on the road. Uh, I only watched the highlights, Dave. Okay, let's start with this. Start with it. The starting lineup. Yeah. Right? So Sosa is back for this game. And on top of that, Josetu picked up a hangstring injury in training. Right? So we have we, we know we have to bring one sub in. Yeah. Right? For sure. Oh, it's um, my favorite player. <laughs> and you got to figure, you you know, it has to be Sosa, right? To As a replacement for Josetu. Right um, now, I think as you you are correct in that ultimately Pineda has sort of switched it, and Abara is the more defensive of the two. So he's replacing Josetu, the more attacking of the two. And then you say obviously might might be Sedich, but um, anyway, Sedich starts. No Sosa. Uh, <sighs> well, who the hell is Sanchez? Sanchez, that's Parata. Oh, that is that's Parata. Parata. Okay, good. That's, that's throwing me Sanchez for a loop. Parata, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's a loop. But the other thing is, so Yakamakis makes his debut. He looks dynamic for the first 20 minutes. He has a full week of training, and they start Barry. Mm-hmm. He did nothing <laughs> and, in the other game. Oh, he did nothing in the other game, but... Um, is this going to be another, uh, like... Uh, who's the goalkeeper? Why am I blank? Uh, Rios Novo. Rios Novo saying where <laughs> he's going to go another two games of starting Barry without Gigi getting in the lineup. Papa Giorgio. He the if one he thing does Pineda again, does is I, that you know when the team gets a good result, he sticks with it. He feels like so he doesn't he doesn't allow himself to overrule the result. Like he's like okay, there's a result, and even if um, so, there was. Um, 
Um, where was it? Uh, I have a note about it. Um, Marcetic. There was a moment, and I'm trying to find where my, where my note is about it. So, so basically, Charlotte tried to give us a goal, right? They made a horrible back pass. The guy back passed it, passed one of his own defenders, right? And it landed right at Barry's feet, oh. right? Mm. Barry basically turned and had, oh, basically a breakaway, right? And he started to take off on his breakaway. Yeah. I thought maybe he was moonwalking. <laughs> Like, it looked like he was going backwards as he was going, oh, going forward. I mean, to say that he's slow is the understatement of the... I mean, oh, their, their center back caught him from 20 yards in about it, two yards. It was ridiculous. I, I couldn't believe it. Because he oh, was wow. central. He got the ball centrally. Central. Center in the middle park. Centrally. So could have angled any way he, he wanted to. He couldn't hold him off. Protect. He couldn't everything. He just... The guy was so much faster than him, he just kind of... I mean, he could have gone around him twice and then made a tackle. Yikes. It was horrible. It, it was like watching a person move in slow motion. Yeah. Wait, yeah. I thought, you know, you ever see the naked gun with the steamroller and he's oh, coming? Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I have that visual in my head now. That's an amazing one. Miguel Barry. <laughs> All right. So. Miguel Berry probably would get caught by the steamroller. <laughs> I, yeah, I honestly thought he may have been hurt. Like, when he first got the ball, I thought maybe... Yeah, I'm like, like, is he, he trying to run? Pulled a like, hammy? He, he looked like... like. Oh, I'm going to have to go back and watch this. <laughs> Holy cow. This is why we have Apple TV. I can go back and watch this. It was... All right. It was absolutely... Uh, I don't think this was in the highlight package. They must have protected it. Probably it. was not. Like I thought, maybe he thought he it was, was in the blue. It, it was in the right, bloopers package. It was. I have it down as as like fortieth uh, minute somewhere okay. around there. So just so you know, good to know. You can go find it if if you've got the game. If you're out there and you got the game recorded, go watch it. And you're like, I was texting with Carmen, and I was like, what was that? <laughs> And she said something yeah. about him being slow, and I had some. I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, I think if I had a good knee, it. I could have been faster. And he said, and Katz was like, if I had come right out of surgery in my wheelchair, I would have been faster. <laughs> so we win this game against Charlotte with less possession, I believe, right? Which Correct. is one of the few times we've had uh, less possession than another team, right? So, what, what were you, what, what's your takeaway from that that we are willing to give possession to Charlotte? Well, that's that. That I think is is uh, it's people rare are saying, that that's no, not our philosophy. Yeah, but people though. are saying that, but that's not true, right? No, yes, I'm just, it's true. I, it's true that we give up more possession, but the only reason why we give up more possession is we had a three goal lead, right? Uh, so we we were we were on the front foot in possession until we got the big lead, and then we just you know there was no need to right. you know so okay. they we you know just sat back. Okay. So I don't think that we really were giving them more possession okay. overall. Now, Wiley scores in the first uh, 10 minutes of the game, right? Yes, and you'll never guess how that goal starts. <laughs> uh, let's, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I want you to guess. Guess. I'm going to guess that uh, Araujo has, uh, or Almada has, like, room to run. I don't know. Yes, yeah, so, uh, so Almada had ball in space, off a press, counter turnover, and that's what caused the whole yeah. thing. He slipped the ball right to Wiley, and Wiley was running right. perfectly, you know, was taking off perfectly in stride, like right in rhythm, ran right onto it and scored. Yeah. 
Um, so that was fantastic. And so you're right, Almada was the recipient, and it was exactly what we've been talking about. If you can win the ball up the field and get Almada in space one-on-one, he can do real damage, and he showed it here. Yeah. But how did we get the ball? <laughs> how did we get the ball? I'm going to have to guess the press out of the back, Dave. I don't know. What, 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 what happened here? It was a sliding, diving tackle From by... your favorite oh, person. <laughs> oh, damn it. I knew this was a setup. <laughs> First tackle of his career, I think. Okay, all right. So, hey, I love being proved wrong. So, like, that's the thing. Like, I will go from his biggest enemy to his biggest fan, but he sounds Ooh, like maybe things... I'm about to say, I wouldn't go that far. You haven't been proven wrong. We're just right. saying that he made a good tackle. So I wrote in my notes, you know, that's how it's I supposed know to work. Not, I know I'm not going to be proven wrong. And I said, but Sedich is probably good for conceding a goal later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He tried. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, again, Almada looks great in space when he has the ball. Just, oh. again, has his head up. He knows where everyone is in the field. And then he uh, he just lays that ball out to the left corner of the box. Wiley has all day to almost, almost one of those moments where he's got too much time. So credit to Wiley for having some composure mm -hmm. and, you know, rips it. Um, you know, gets a solid foot on it, not in the corner per se, but up and, and far enough in the corner, uh, you know, just kind of going under the crossbar, right? If I'm yep. remembering correctly. Yeah. Yep. Martinez, like, yeah. kind of finished. Yeah. Just, like, put it in the net. Yeah, it was, it was nice. Power. It was yeah, great. I don't think he sold it as much as a Martinez okay. does, but it's a great finish. Yeah, he didn't open up his hip, hips yep. and make it yep. as clean no. as it could be and should have been, but at the same time, all credit to getting it done. You know? Okay, so then you would think, you know, because we jumped out to a three-goal lead, you'd think it was all good. But, but. Hold on, let's go to the second goal, because this all happened. Wait, the, before oh, the uh, second goal. Oh, okay. <laughs> At 10 minutes and 23 seconds, Lennon was on the ball coming up the, the, the wing, uh -huh. right? And Araujo, he's running right towards Araujo. And Araujo does this, Mikey Dobbs. <laughs> He, he was shuffling backwards. Like, where do I go? Trying, like, where do I go trying to get out of the where way? Where do go? And I, was like, <laughs> and I was like, all right. So, you know, because I talked about it in the last game, right, that he was constantly cutting his face. I'm like, now he's literally dribbling almost into him. Like, he's like, yeah. I can't get out of your way anymore. Than, like, I love that. Carmen got my Top Gun reference. Oh, yeah. Where, uh, where, <laughs> where do you go? The, ori the original Top Gun. Of course, yeah. Um, and so I said right at that moment, right, that he's going to be frustrated and that he's going to be double teamed and there's no way that Araujo scores. And then a couple of minutes later, yeah. who scores? Araujo. Araujo. Yeah. Now, here's the difference. Right, so that play, we win the ball. I don't know whether it was Goodman. I think it was Goodman maybe pressing up the field. We won the ball way up the field, ahead of midfield. He played one touch to Barry, who dropped it back to Wiley underneath, who switched it to Araujo, right? And it was a quick counter, recycle the ball, get Araujo. And the difference being, so Araujo has been getting the ball basically 25, 30 yards out. He's been cutting in and then shooting long. Yeah. He got the ball in this case. He was literally on the 18-yard box or maybe a step inside. And so when he cut in, it was like 
mm, a 15 yard shot instead of a 25 yard yeah. shot, and then he did a beautiful job of putting it back towards the near post. And he he seems to be that instead of that curler to the far post, that seems to be a good way for Arizia to score when he has that. I'm going to put it far post. No, I'm going to just cut it back to the near he's post. He's really good at that one. Yeah, he's coming coming left to right and putting And I think therein lies, you know, basically the Pineda saying he should be inverted to cutting yeah. in. And if he's cutting in all the time inside the box, maybe. When he's cutting outside. in 25, 30 yards, he just right. blazes yeah. it over. But he can really hit a ball, but he blazes yeah. it about five yeah. yards over. So another nice goal. We're up 2 nothing. Yep. On the road on a sunny day in Charlotte. Yeah. And celebrating, so, by the way, the the life of Anton Walks. Yes. Oh yeah. Uh that was a that was a tragedy. I guess yeah. it was a boating accident. Passed Miami. away in a yeah. boating accident. So Miami. it was cool to see some of the celebration of Anton Walks way too young. Uh no. but uh everybody was wearing armbands for it. It was really yeah. nice. Yeah. Yeah. Both teams. And credit, I mean, super, super, super shout out to the Charlotte fans. They yeah. raised a huge TIFO of yeah. Antoine Walks, and it had half Charlotte jersey yeah, and half Atlanta United jersey. It's very cool. Which is classic. Yeah, and then, classy. then they had scarves. That's with the not Orlando. Suit. No, that's not Orlando. Orlando folks wouldn't have done that. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how do we get the third goal? Mm. Oh. Wait, before we get to the third goal. <laughs> Stop because, rushing Mikey Dobbs. Because seriously... Right, right after we scored the second goal, you think we're flying high or whatever, and we were totally under the cost. At the 14th minute, super, super marking and tracking, both by Juan and Juan Parada and Miles Robinson. And then a couple minutes later, Gutman comes off of his guy to make an amazing read of the danger and blocks a shot. If that's on Lennon's side, that's a goal, Mikey yeah. Dobbs. So awesome defending. Yeah. But we suddenly were, we had them in their end and then, psh, yeah, not good. We're going to get, that's a good team. We're going to give up a goal. If it's on Lennon's side, you're saying. Yeah. Or do you think that the pinching over of Miles can cover for that? Is that enough? Or are you going to get to that later, Dave? We're going to get to that a little bit, but no, not so much. I'm not going to really okay. talk about the defensive side about it. I want to talk right. about the offensive side because we've been talking a lot about the defensive side. Um, but what I will say is that, you know, we had that, then we were giving up some possession, and then I don't know what minute it was. Maybe Carmen remember exactly the minute it was. But Lennon, oh, defending in the box, turns around, backs his butt into the guy, <laughs> butt shot. You know, do you ever see the butt fumble? You know, the Jets? Is this the one they call the penalty and then call it back? Yes. No, I, hold on. I'm not going to give Lennon a hard time on this. Really? No. no not How a, do you, that's not the worst defending no. technique I, I've ever seen. I am curious. No, yeah, okay. I just thought it Let's was, hear it. I just thought, like, I'm going to be frank. It was shitty refereeing. They're not any day of the week in, in the EPL would, they even have called that on the field and then made VAR call it back because I it, agree in any universe that was not a foul, right? No, it wasn't a foul. Not even like, oh, not, not even foul. like it was just no. so the guy, close. The guy was shooting, and it wasn't a butt, it wasn't that much of a butt fumble either. It was just there was there nothing to see here. There was, no, oh, I don't agree with that. It was so no, what I would it say was is nothing that, to see here. So the guy swung and missed, yeah, right in the box, right? And Lennon, instead of trying to block the shot, 
turns his back like he's being afraid, and then continues to back up into him, follows through, and hits him, right? I don't, now, no way in hell is that a foul there's because no, there, he missed a shot. Like, the, he swung and missed. But, that but was, it's just stupid. You're going to get a foul like that. I don't, I'm not a fan of Lennon's defending, but I'm going to defend him on this one. I disagree that it was a butt fumble or anything. It's just... Didn't we have a goal like that last year? I just don't think there was there was nothing. I to think see he there. gave up a goal exactly that a penalty kick I, I don't the exact that. same way. Uh, or was it Rio? There's, there's nothing new to report here. Lennon never faces forward defending. He's always got his back to goal, right? So, <laughs> but that's bad. It is bad. But there's, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. There's nothing to report here. Oh, all right. Nothing so you already factored it in. That doesn't really count by saying you've already factored in that his defending is so bad that you're not going to call it bad because it's so bad anyway. Well, it wasn't a butt fumble. I mean, it just wasn't great, you know? And it certainly wasn't a penalty kick. I mean, No, was, it was not a penalty kick, but it was a butt kick. fumble. Oh, I don't think so. That was horrible. <laughs> it wasn't great. Who defends like that? Have you ever done that? You yeah. played defense. Of course I've done that. <laughs> 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 oh, all right, well, I uh, mean, I'm no Brooks Lennon. As much shit as I give him, I was never as good as Brooks Lennon. Come on. Uh, yep. But, yeah, I, I didn't think it was that bad. I think it was just bad refereeing on that, that situation. It was bad. It brought, he, they brought attention to something that otherwise should have not been. He swung and missed so clearly yeah. that um, it, was never, it shouldn't have been a foul. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um, say this right after that tries for a tackle and gets... A yellow card. Yeah. <laughs> and then he tops it off. He tries to clear the ball in the box three minutes later. I don't know if you saw this, but he swings real hard, and he he's almost missed the ball completely. He spun it, and it went straight up in the air, eight yards in the air, and then dropped back down. A little Pee-wee soccer clearance. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, oh, <laughs> my goodness. He was trying. Yeah. He was absolutely trying to give something up, right? You weren't um, expecting me to defend Brooks Lennon for a second there, were you? I, I was I, not. We took a curveball. We took, we took, took a me detour. By surprise. Yeah. All right, keep going, Dave. And I actually was there a little bit earlier than this, so I got a little bit reverse order. But there was just a few minutes before that. Sadich is defending in the box. He's watching the ball, and he's got there's two guys in front of him. The two guys run in behind him, and he's looking up the field like, where'd Hollywood, where'd who go? Yeah. <laughs> it was horrible. He let two guys run to the penalty spot behind him and mark neither of them. Yes. Well, he didn't see either of them. I'm like, so he was trying to get it back. <laughs> Left nor the right eye working. Ugh. Oh, Somewhere Lord. in this mix... We got our third goal, though, Dave. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. Um, it was very close to halftime. I don't know, 45th minute, yeah. something like that, 46 minutes. And, and who, once again, picks it up at midfield with space? I don't remember. It was off a turnover. We got the ball up high up the field. I believe but it, it was Almada, who then plays it wide to Araujo, who then plays it back into yeah. Almada, who plays a brilliant dummy. Yes. So that's and what I know. Most, that I, most yeah, people would not have noticed the dummy, but I did. I was like, oh, snap. The that dummy was, was good. The dummy was uh, it's so overlooked. They didn't call it out in the can, commentary. Can I, can, I, can I read my notes? Yeah, 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 yeah. And Do just it. so you know, I didn't make this up. How sick is that? <laughs> Almada steps over the cross when everyone thought he was going to shoot and Wiley with a tap in for the yeah. second. 
It wasn't even, it, and it wasn't even a step over. I it was, saw the same thing you saw. It was a hop over. Oh my god! Because it was he, ridiculous. He me. It was like, oh, it he's definitely nice. gonna like take a nice little touch in this. And, and Wiley's like, oh, sweet, thank you. He probably wasn't even expecting that. That was nice. Yeah, that was really well, nice. Well, it's nice to see that there is rapport between the two, though. That's developing between Wiley mm-hmm. and Almada. I think that can only be good for the future. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, one thing is very, very clear. That one thing that is different in the early going is because we have three in the back, that allows us not to have one of our center midfielders covering in. And that means that they are up the field and we are turning the ball over up the field a little bit, even with Sadich. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Could you imagine if that was Sosa? Yeah. Right? We're turning the ball over. And every time we turn the ball over, like we said all last year, when you get Almada Araujo running in space, Wiley running in space, Look what happens. We score. Yeah. Right? We could have been doing that all last year, Mikey Dubs. So the second half. And and there's still a problem, right? Because it's still not perfect. It's better. But it's still a long way from perfect. So I'm going to speed things up here, Dave. Second half, anything to report in general? Or do you want to go to the tactical board and talk about some tweaks that you would recommend? Since we had a pretty convincing win against Charlotte, at least on the scoreboard. What do we need to do to keep making the results happen? Because I feel like everyone would agree we've got two wins and a draw. It's a good start to the season. How do we keep that momentum? How do we make the right tweaks to give ourselves the best chance to keep W's on the board? Well, you know, as as we've been talking about all season, I would still have – Lennon playing much further back or Hernandez playing in that position. And that would allow us to turn the ball over more, but barring that, which doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime soon. Right. There is a tactical adjustment that I think we should make that would make us even better. It's super simple. It goes with what Pineda likes and I can show it to you. If you would like go to the board. I love it. (laughs) So Dave's going to the tactical board. I just poured myself another little dao. How do you pronounce this, Dave? Yeah, I don't know. Um, But overall, Carmen, what do you think um, so far with the the record? Like, what's your gut feeling of of how things might have changed in terms of the momentum of the team, right? Like, I mean, the, the, the scoreboard matters the most, right? So we are two wins. One zero loss, one yeah. tie, and zero losses. Right, so that's that's a nice start to the season. Oh yeah, I think I said last yeah, what, time. What place are we in? Number one in Number the Eastern, one. right? Number one, yeah. And I, you know, I said last time I was going to try to be more optimistic. Yep. It was tough for I think after the Toronto game, but I am actually feeling, I am actually feeling optimistic. Yeah. Like it was fun to watch the first half. Of- Dave shaking his head behind me. It's awesome. <laughs> And I have to say, I also enjoyed the second half once we got in some Etienne and Sosa and uh, Papa Giorgio. Like, I felt like we were looking at the lineup that y'all pretty much said would be our ideal lineup. Yeah. And so that was exciting. So I'm actually getting actually optimistic instead of the fake optimistic. Good. All right, we're going to the board. Tactical board. Let me switch over the tactical board. We are in Dave's cruise control now. No more photos, Dave. It's just tactical board. (laughs) There's a mouse in front of you. Can you see it? 
Yeah, but it's... Um, oh, no. No, 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 it's fine, but don't we have the, the full... Oh, is it not full? You can just go to the tab for yeah, him. Yeah, and the tab. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what I'm saying. That. saying. That's what I'm saying. Go to the tab for Mr. Dave, and we're yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, there we go. About. All right, I want to say a couple things while Carmen is transitioning over there. So first of all, um, both in the 83rd minute and the 86th minute, we turned the ball over. It was Almada. It was Araujo. It was running in space. We were up the field. I mean, it looked like it way it was supposed to be Mikey Dobbs, the way we we're talking right. about it all last year. So there is a sense that it's possible. And I have one more point, which is in the 78th minute, Yakamaki's actually was in the our own penalty area yeah. with a fabulous clearance. If he can do that, that's a bonus. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So I don't know if I have the right uh, players on the board for you with what you're trying to show here. Um, yeah, it's fine. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so here's my thing. Let me, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with a question. <laughs> All right. So here's the first question for y'all, right? Um, and maybe, maybe Dobbs, you can help out Carmen with the microphone. Yeah, swing around. The, you're switching. But I don't know if she can stand with her knee and whatever. Oh, yeah. I got it. Are you sure? You can yeah. still sit here. Oh no, I'm fine. I don't even think I have a camera on, so it's just all tactical board all okay. the time. Don't don't hurt yourself, please. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, they're fixing it all on Tuesday. Okay, so why do why do you want to play Araujo inverted? Why, like, That's the question. What would be the reason is yeah. I think you're going to expect more goals from him coming in from that direction versus being a serv purely service person that you're going to expect him to get into the box and do more penetration uh, directly in, right? Like you saw in the in the game, right, where he was able to get inside the box, cut it back, and score. Carmen? I agree with that. Carmen agrees with me. Dave, do you agree with me? Yeah, so there's that's one one reason. There's a second reason. So so here's yeah. Araujo. Well, the second reason is that that there is the design of Lennon overlapping as the right footer, right? Yeah. So which is why we think that Pineda is hell bent on it is Lennon's a great player. He can overlap and put in quality service to Gigi. Like you would have to think that's his thinking long term, right? Is that now that you've got Araujo cutting in as a threat. You lay it out to Lennon. Lennon whips in across, and Yakamakis scores a goal. Okay, so I've put us on offense because, um, and this is what we look like on offense um, with three in the back, with Parada playing directly in the center back, and Gutman, uh, Gutman, and, and Robinson sort of flanking him. And you know, Lennon ends up sort of all all the way up here, right? And so. So this is what we're talking about. What's supposed to happen is Lennon's supposed to create this 2v1, and their left back is not supposed to know what to do, right? And so then there's two things that are supposed to happen. Either Araujo cuts in here with the ball and psh, goal, right? Or he feeds Lennon out here. So this is where Pineda thinks that we got our 2v1, we got our wingers, it's overloaded, he keeps talking about right. it, and he thinks that we have now played to both right. players' strengths and gained an advantage. Right. Which is what we've talked about in the last podcast, right? It is an overload, but it's a very flat overload in terms of uh, the back line on the defense. It's hard to play balls through into Arujo in a ticky-tacky way 
to uh, do so in a way that wouldn't create an offside. Okay, so now let's say Lennon, that doesn't happen, and Lennon is open, and Araujo draws him in, mm-hmm. and we play here. Would we rather have the ball with Lennon, or would we rather have the ball with Araujo? I mean, r- right here, I guess I'll be honest with you. I'm going to say the jury is out because mm-hmm. the jury's mm-hmm. out on whether Yakamaki's is truly able to crash the box with commitment like you Mm. saw from the Mm. Martinez days. Mm. So until I know what he's made of, I don't know how to answer that question. Mm. That was a good answer. Because I was just going to say Arujo. Yeah. I'd always no, have Arujo. <laughs> Arujo is definitely the wrong answer with what we've yeah. seen because yeah. I know what he's going to do there. He's going to kick it in the stands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good so, point. Good so point. I feel like if we, if the system gets the ball off of Arujo's foot and onto Lennon's foot, overall that's a loss. I'd rather more of the time for Araujo to have the ball. Now, now I'm not saying Lennon, I think, occasionally running forward can whip a great ball in. I think Papa Giorgio can finish that. I'm going to disagree until I see what Papa Giorgio can do. Yeah, I, I, I think if you're if you were looking at it like you're looking at it now, that ball has to go to Lennon. If, you, if, if I'm looking at the tactical board as you have it, that ball has to go to Lennon on any team. I'm going to or, just... or or adjust it adjust it to where I need to judge this differently, because you would want that ball out wide to Lennon to whip it into Yakamakis, who even just on a small body of evidence seems to have the capability to have a nose for goal. Okay, now if I were to put Araujo over there on the ball, Amen, brother. No, but w- <laughs> w- w- would you rather have Araujo on the ball there? Yes, or Lennon on the ball there. If you had a choice. Araujo on the ball left. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> right? Because here, I think Araujo is every bit as capable of whipping in a ball Way more. to Papa Giorgio. And the thing that Araujo can do is, whoo, but hey, see ya. Then, then here's the problem with your correctness on this and our correctness on this yeah. is we now have all of our talent on the left forward position, including Wiley, Etienne, and now Araujo, to your point, who are all capable of doing that at different degrees. And I think, to your point, Araujo is probably the best at it. But what does that mean for starting lineups in Etienne and Wiley if if you're going there? Okay. Well, I'm going to talk about it. Okay. So here's the problem I have, which is what we've seen a lot of, is Lennon is on the ball here. And Araujo is kind of in here. So for the podcast and, listeners, this is Lennon out wide as the right fullback overlapping. Araujo is pinched in at the top of the 18 against the offense's box. Yeah, we saw this. I was talking about earlier in the podcast, right? Lennon was running with the ball and Araujo was like backing up. <laughs> like, he's like, where do I go? Where do I go? go? Where do I go? Right now, we also saw a moment where Araujo scored. Right, the moment that we saw Araujo scored came from Lennon was back. Mm-hmm. Okay, right, and they were playing up here. Gutman won the ball. Right, he actually won the. I think it was Gutman. It was somewhere over here. He played. It wasn't to Papa Giorgio. It was to um, Barry. But he played a ball to the chest of Barry. Barry. This guy collapsed in here. 
right? So he he drops, drops it, back. it back to Wiley here, who instantly plays it to here. And Araujo got the ball. This guy was up here because it was fast, right? So he got the ball with only one guy, and he received the ball. He was right on the line, basically. Yeah. So just cut, cuts him, puts so him on his here, back foot, here, post it. Cutting him inside, which he did. He did this, and he shot from somewhere right about here. Actually, it was a little bit further even, and yeah. he put it back yeah. to the near post. He was inside the 18, yeah. yeah. So that is a big difference in that. So two things happened on that play. We, we turned it over up the field and we got him on the ball quickly. So that meant, A, Lennon wasn't crowding his space and bringing yep. his defender there. B, he got the ball one-on-one. -on -one, and C, he got the ball that he was actually inside the 18. So nothing new in terms of our point of view with uh, Lennon, you know, needing to stay back more often and allowing... Uh, more freedom for Araujo to run on the right side, assuming he is inverted. But let me go back to what you were just showing on the tactic board where Araujo is more dangerous uh, on his natural left to whip one into uh, Yakamakis or Barry, whoever is playing up front, ideally Papa Giorgio. Um, so isn't it a problem, though, that we have all these left footers uh, that are – you know, Wiley and Etienne and Araujo and only one Lennon out there on the right? Yeah, maybe. I mean, so I think that ultimately Etienne didn't come here to sit on the bench and that he's probably going to be in here and maybe Wiley's going to be on the bench. Or I could even see Wiley and Etienne, and I'll but show you in a to, minute. To your point, like why would Pineda bench Wiley with two goals? Like that's not oh, in yeah. his DNA. Yeah. He's a starter again. No. but Etienne's sitting on the bench, right? So... We'll talk about that, but let me propose one thing first. Okay. So if this wasn't Wiley, and let's say this is Etienne, so this is what he would say. Right. But so I think that if you simply did this. So you're bringing Etienne over to invert it on the opposite side. Right. So here's the thing. So as, et as a forward, right? You're playing Etienne as a forward. Yeah, inverted. he's the right of a of a. Of a front three, yeah. yeah. So we always play a front three. In this case, Araujo would be left, Papa Giorgio in the center, Etienne on the right, and Lennon always crowding up his space over here, right? So if we did this, right? So first of all, Etienne looks to me like much, much more comfortable mm -hmm. on his right side. He looks like a real two-footed player to me. Yeah. He also doesn't look as pacey as Araujo. Like, he can get behind people, but he's yeah. not like that super fast. And the third thing about it is he looks like he has the technique to play a little bit in, in tight spaces. So I really like now what, what you know, Pineda's been saying all the time, which is let's overload the side 2v1. I think Lennon and Etienne can play 2v1. Yeah. And now if Etienne has to give up, where did the ball go? If Etienne yeah. has to give up the ball because he draws this defender to Lennon out wide, I think Lennon is just as good an option as Etienne. Right? Miguel Likey. Yeah. And here's the, <laughs> here's the other thing. So now the other thing is in this unbalanced system, right? Goodman has to stay back all the time. You know what that does? Oh. Yeah. Look at all this space that Araujo and, has to And now we've on. got, look at who the three people back are, all that seem to have good brains and defense. Those three, and then imagine Sosa in front of them. That's four. 
that are always eyeballing what the danger is. So yeah, let's put in this start the ideal starting lineup, which I think you have it now, right? With that small little tweak of mm-hmm. bringing in yep. Sosa, that's it. So wow. So here's the other thing. Um, so when Goodman comes forward, what is he comfortable? What's the run that he makes that Lennon never makes? More of an inside track. Yes, the underneath. (laughs) So instead of, so Lennon, if this were Lennon, I'm going to use as Goodman, but if this were Lennon, he always comes out here. Gutman makes this, Gutman makes this inside run, okay? When he makes that inside run, now, first of all, Arujo is out here. This guy has to come out here, right? So if he makes that inside run, you know, this guy is going to, Arujo is going to draw a lot of attention and he can get through and get on the ball there. Yeah. Right. Or the other thing is he makes the run and this guy didn't, doesn't know what to do. And now Arujo gets to run at him. That inside run is opening up the space where Arujo can use it instead of crowding his space. Yeah. Right. If he comes out here and he forces Araujo to come in here. Araujo can't run by people here. He can run by the guy, but there's always another defender there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Out here, you invert them, right? Good luck trying to stay with Araujo out here one-on-one in space. Yeah. Right? I'm with you. So okay. if you were to switch those players, right? Now, you know, what, what Pineda would say is, yeah, 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 but you lose... You know, Araujo cutting inside and scoring. But you know what Araujo is also going to score on? That cross that's lingering in the far side. Or that, or that hop-over move that Almada made for Wiley. We have seen a number, yeah. of, we have seen a number of times where Araujo has been not inverted. Let's put him back over here. And let's say it was Gutman. Right, and we've seen this cross to get to Araujo, and he won't even shoot it because it's on his right foot. Yeah, you can't hit that ball coming yeah. across with your left foot. It's very difficult to do. So he tries to take a touch, and often the play is gone. Yeah. But if that's coming across Come the on, other man. way, yeah, he's a world class player. He should be able to finish with that. Well, but he can't. He doesn't. Yeah, I he, he can. It, yeah. Come on, maybe he can, but he doesn't do it. But if it goes the other way, he's going to feel much more comfortable. Yeah. And here's the other one that he's going to do if we if we have this. So let's put Goodman back here. Let's switch this. Right, if we can get the quick switch out to him, right, and he now gets this guy, you know, a little bit isolated here, right, he can beat this guy right here and he can score from there. So, podcast listeners, this is Arujo cutting in the top of the left of the box. And we believe, Dave believes that that can lead to a lot of goals for Arujo with his natural left on the left side coming from wide in versus having to cut back on his inverted side. And I agree. And I think Lennon now will have a little more freedom on his own, right? With Etienne maybe um, being a little bit of, of a better compadre potentially. I mean, we haven't seen it. Maybe they work better together. Uh, I would say that I'm not sure that Lennon and Araujo work fantastic on the right side in terms of no, chemistry no. so not, that, no. so, not so, that we've seen not that we've seen right, right. so uh, i think that's important right in in your hypothesis here of this could be better why not see if lennon and etienne can work better um with etienne being the inverted and lennon having maybe more success overlapping creating dangerous crosses to two great players in 
George Yakimakis and Era Ujo waiting on the backside for the cross. And you know where I think that we can see a lot of Wiley in the system. So first of all, Wiley can can sometimes start for Araujo. Sub in late at 70 minutes. Not that, but occasionally give him a start where he you know, gets yeah. a rest, yeah, rotation. rotation. I also think that something that might work is this. Rotation, yeah. Right, either oh. this. Okay. So what you're saying is you put in Wiley as the nine. Or the false nine, mm-hmm. essentially. Or even these guys often interchanging, and they can be yeah. at times like this. Yikes. That's scary. Mm-hmm. So now you got Wiley and Araujo, who could be both swapping back and forth from left forward to false nine, depending yeah. on right. the run of Because we have one problem in that we have zero backup for Yakamakis. No offense yeah. to Barry, but... <laughs> no offense to Barry, but... <laughs> he's not going to get but, it done. But Wiley and Chol are better options. Yeah. And yeah, I think Chol, actually, when he comes back, Chol, in my opinion, is a little bit of a... I don't want to say a poor man's Wiley, but Wiley, I think, is a little further along. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But 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 maybe Chol is a better false nine than Wiley. Mm-hmm. Wiley seems to be a better natural left yep. left winger. I can see Chol there. Yeah, yep, for sure. But in that case where you need somebody who's a little taller, a little bit more, I don't know, like, Chol has that weird kind of awkward way of, like, weaving in there i don't know like he's <laughs> he's got something he's got that x yep. he's he does he's have physical a, he's too. physical he's got an physical x, player. what i'm getting yeah. he's got an x factor that's hard to and figure he runs out. direct at people yeah. right which that's i like true. yeah that is true i liked it I, to be honest the one thing i really probably the only thing i liked on the preseason is him playing is pineda playing chol as a striker i think that worked in the preseason that looked yeah. to me like good and i was really optimistic about it because i'm like we got papa giorgio coming in now we we yeah. still need a backup we need two strikers yeah. Yeah. Right? i was not convinced about conway i didn't know we were gonna get barry yeah. we got barry i'm still not convinced yeah. right? right so you know but yeah i feel like chol has this like weird like the way his body moves yeah. he's hard to predict and he's wiry like that's what i'm getting at. and i feel like him up in the box like creates this dynamic mm-hmm. thing that you know, I know he's he's coming from the left traditionally, but I feel like that would be interesting to see from time to time. I'd so like to see my that. point here is that if you're Pineda and you are absolutely committed to the unbalanced attack, which is Lennon's going to be up forward most of the time and Goodman's going to be back, right? When you do that, you are crowding the space here, and I'd rather see him crowd a player like Etienne can play 2v1 over here. When he crowds Araujo, he's just going to piss him off. And the other thing is, with Gutman not going forward, there's a ton of acres out here. I would totally rather see Araujo in that space. Yeah. Yeah. So, podcast listeners, if you're not watching this on YouTube, I highly encourage you to go to our YouTube channel, Subscribe, see what we're diagramming here because I think you'll get a lot out of it. Dave, thanks for going to the tactical board. Carmen, thanks for hobbling over and joining <laughs> the fire. I'm about to say it's warm over here by the fire. I like yeah. it. We're running out of wine that we'll fix that. <laughs> so 
We who are we playing next? We've got Portland coming up, if uh, I'm not mistaken. Portland and, on Saturday, correct. and that is at home, at home the at day after St. Patrick's Day. Uh, Unfortunately, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to make the game yet again. Okay, this is terrible. So what? What I just want to wait one more slight point about that. The the reason why I was trying to think about that a lot is because like. We're, we can't fight Pineda. Pineda is who Pineda is, right? Yeah. And he sees certain things. He has clearly tried to fix the back four with this unbalance and keeping Goodman back. I think it's a, ultimately a little bit crazy because it's all to get more attacking out of Lennon. And I don't think Lennon is the best attacking player. I think you could get almost as much of that out of him as he stayed back. But anyway, we're not going to fix that. But one thing that could happen without changing anything to the lineup is switch the sides. I like it. It's so easy. Well, right, because we have so many left-footed forwards now right. with Chol, Wiley, Etienne, Araujo, that why not play with those chess pieces and figure out where the chemistry is? And I don't even mind, like, Wiley could be an inverted because Wiley looks like he likes to run direct. He's in the box more often, right? Um, he doesn't look to me as dangerous taking on a guy running in space as Araujo is, although I think he's really good at it. Yeah. But, um, and I think, you know, Etienne looks to me like a guy who can play out there and has both feet, right? Then he has, Etienne can play 2v1 overloaded. He can cut back inside for a shot if he wants. I mean, then I think it's really dangerous. So what is your prediction this Saturday at home with Portland coming so if you look at Portland, maybe uh, Carmen will pull up the standings. Yeah, what are the, yeah, what are right? they? Portland's off to a eh start. Yeah. Then, right? They're kind of middle table, right? Yeah. Eighth. Yep, eighth. Yeah. So they're one win. And two draws. Uh, Must be two draws, I'm thinking, because why would they be eighth without two draws? No, so. they just have yeah, that's just one, one, two, one win and two losses. Oh, wow. They have it. They, they changed this whole thing up, which drives me nuts. It used to be wins, yeah, losses, points. and ties. Now it's wins, ties, oh, and that, losses. That was what was throwing oh, me off. Okay. So, yeah, they mm -hmm. only have three points, one win, uh, but still an eighth. That's not great. Four goals, four, five against. They're, they're coming to the Mercedes-Benz yep. against a team that should have some confidence, right, after yep. a 3 nothing win. Yep. Everybody's healthy. Am I wrong? Yep. We got. No, Josetu, I think, is still out. Okay, but. But. But <laughs> I we don't got think Sosa, he should be starting anyway. But we got Sosa and Ibarra, right? So. And Sedich. He's not. <laughs> oh, hey. <laughs> Pardon. He's not going to start Sosa. Are you? I mean, why would he not start Sosa? Because it's Pineda. He doesn't think right. Sosa's that good. He's out. And he doesn't like to change things when we're winning. So I'm going to predict. I hope I'm wrong. I'm going to pr predict Papa Giorgio and Sosa still on the bench. Really? Yep. Papa Giorgio have two? Yeah. We should, I, 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 I'm gonna, even Pineda's got to go with even Papa Giorgio. Pa <laughs> even, uh, so, no. Okay, I know you're being pessimistic. <laughs> yeah, even Pineda has to go with George Yakamakis. If the world was round, yes. Yeah, but Dude. some people think the world is flat, you know. Pineda cannot think the world is flat. He has to start. <laughs> he has to start Gigi. Uh, I feel like we've been here before. We're like, Pineda has to. Has and to, has he, to, has to. He can't no, keep playing like, real Novo like, after he gave up the free kick goal where he was just not in goal. <laughs> okay. It didn't change. So I think this will be uh, our tweeting finale if, if he doesn't start. Uh, there'll be some, some tweet fireworks. 
Tweet because five. he didn't start it and it worked. He's like, look, I got the best lineup ever for us. We scored three goals. I think that score was flattering to us, right? I mean, we were dynamic a little bit. I mean, one thing, this is one thing I said all along, right? Which is we don't have to play that well. If you just turn the ball over up the field, mm -hmm. that Almada and yeah, Araujo are going to get goals for you. They're that right. good. Right. And we could have, we could have done that last year. <laughs> I'm going to say it six times. We could have done that last year. We could have done that last year. Like, He's heating up. <laughs> speak it. Speak the truth, Dave. Was Araujo healthy the whole year? Yes. Was Almada healthy at the end of the year? Yes. Why couldn't we have done that last year? Was Gutman healthy towards the end of the year? Yes. yes. Was Joseph Martinez healthy towards yes. the end of the year? Yes. Was so so healthy. So all the people the out there yeah. who are like, oh, you know, everything. We were so many injuries last year, and it explained why we were terrible. What's your explanation now? It's the same team. What's different? That's what right. is different? Right? It's Goodman, Lennon, Parata, and Miles Robinson. So you might say the Miles big difference Robinson. is Miles Robinson. Yeah. So maybe we're not giving up as many goals. But that wasn't really the problem. The problem at the end of the year is we couldn't score. Yeah. So the attack that we have out on the field yeah. now, Wiley, right, yeah. Almada, Araujo. And by the way, all these people are saying, oh, well, the center forward never had any service. Well, that's not how we're scoring our goal so far, is it? I mean, does anybody. It's certainly not from the center forward. No. Crosses, and does anybody man. think Barry is better than Martinez? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> Say it again, Mikeita. Hell no. <laughs> so... We were we lost at Charlotte last year. Why? You know what the difference is? The difference is the absolute shambolic last year with all the running up the field and giving people in behind us. Yeah. And to his credit, he's fixed it a little bit. Why he couldn't fix it the whole way, I don't know. Why he still insists, oh, we still got to have Lennon up there because it's so important. And if he keeps it the way he is, what's going to happen is Lennon's going to crowd Araujo. Araujo's going to shut down. He's going to get pissed off, and it could all go into the tank fast. Uh. <laughs> Well, this is what I'm worried about. We're going to drag along being like... So that's okay. why I was giving Carmen the look. She was like, I'm really optimistic. And you, the reason why you're optimistic... And, and I'm going to put words in your mouth and say... And you can tell me I'm wrong. But um, is because we're getting really good chances, which yes. we weren't getting last year. And the reason yes. we're getting good chances is... We're turning the ball up over the field. And we're turning the ball over up the field. And we are turning the ball up over... Turning the ball <laughs> over up the on field. The offensive side. Because we don't have the crap two players in the back center midfielder covering in behind him. That is it. That could have been fixed last year. Why Pineda didn't see that last year and fix it last year? Why? He's heating up. He's already on fire. He's been on fire. Been on fire. All right. Thank <laughs> you, So Dave. all of this stuff about how it was injuries... How is injuries meaning what we fixed? Yeah. I mean, there really is hardly much different on the field. Hardly. Other than Miles Robinson. I mean, a lot of people were going to sit here and tell you, I'm sure there are people screaming into the podcast, oh, yeah, but it's addition by subtraction. It was the, the bad personality that was Martinez. I mean, I don't, maybe his bad personality was doing some things, but that's not yeah. the reason why we couldn't score. Yeah. I know. Uh. It's like. If, and that's also a bad sign of like, I mean, it's also 
clearly he's a young coach and he probably isn't capable of dealing with a big personality. The biggest personality that's probably ever been in a clubhouse in an MLS team is Joseph Martinez. I mean, that's tough for any manager to manage and certainly hard for the first manager on the job in a mm. starting role like that um, where, you know, Heinz A and, and Frank DeBoer as a little more seasoned coach couldn't can manage it either. So yeah, not a surprise. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not, yeah, I'm, not I'm not discounting the theory that, you know, losing Martinez has made us a more harmonious yeah, team and is a I, more I think, cohesive yeah, team for I sure. So. I, I, I mean, clearly, I mean, you can almost feel that to some degree, right? Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't take a genius to figure that out, but a great coach fixes that is all we're saying. Should have fixed it. Should have fixed yeah. it last year. I would even yeah. say a good coach. We don't yeah. have to go to great. We don't have to go to great. Yeah. A good it. coach fixes it. Checks that ego. Has, I don't even think he's fully fixed it. I mean, it's. Well, no, no. It's, it's I'm, a I'm pretty just, good fix. He fixed one of the major problems. I'm not saying he fixed anything with 1v1 management. I'm saying he should have fixed it with Joseph Martinez. I don't know that he's fixed anything with the 1v1 management. I don't even know that Pineda is a good 1v1 manager right now at all. Is well, he? Like, are there signs of that? Like, that he's giving George Yakimaki's clear instruction that he's. In- <laughs> Empowering Yakamakis, you got to be like, dude, that guy is on the field and I'm sitting here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. He's like, I played for Larson's number, dude. Put me in now. Yeah. Joseph Martinez, I have no problem playing for him. Let's go. Get this Barry guy out of my way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And if 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 he is on the bench again, you don't think this is going to start to cause a man management problem? Arrows come Poya 2.0. <laughs> what's, what's Greek your, rice? What's Greek yeah, what's rice? What's Greek rice? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pilau. Rice uh, pilau. Yeah. Uh, less, oh. less pilau rice. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I, I just had it in my head, yeah. and I'm, uh, what's the Greek food? I'm just. Gyro. Not gyro. It's, it's oh. uh, what's yeah. the great word of the Greek? <sighs> Grape leaves? I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's a wonderful food. Why am I not thinking? Of, it's, it's the red wine. It's getting in my head. <laughs> Moussaka? Yeah. I don't anyway. know. All right. Yeah. Let's keep going. All right. Uh, yeah, what, what I was going to say is, so, so, yeah, maybe he's fixed some stuff with three in the back. But honestly, as good as three in the back is, you know what's better than three in the back? Four in the back. And if you had four in the back and you really... So right now, Robinson is covering in and doing a great job. Uh If Robinson was on the front foot attacking and winning balls, I mean, look out, right? And Mm -hmm. if he had the decency to realize that Sosa is one of the best defensive midfielders in the league and put him in that role, look out, right? So we're he's fixed some things, but he still hasn't realized everything. And... All of those things, all of that's going to do is going to turn the ball over more up the field. And as I said last year, that is the only thing you need to do when you have hired attacking talent like Almada, Araujo, Yakamakis. Of course, you got to put Yakamakis on the field. Are we going to be? <laughs> are we going to beat Portland or not? Predictions. Oh, wait, I'm, opt- I'm going to be optimistic. I said I would. Uh, I'm going to say yes. We win 2-1. Dave? I'm going to say we get sucker punched and uh, we get 
I want to say we lose, but I'll be nice and say we get a 2-2 two, two draw. 2-2 two, two draw. I'm going to go with a one nothing win. Yep. Look at, oh, look at us being optimistic. Again. We yeah. flipped again, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm, just, optimistic go- one I'm just going with pure gut reaction and okay. not a whole lot of... Uh, we should be the better team, and if we turn the ball up, up over up the field, we will score and win, probably. Yeah. But I just think that there's still this chaos. Like, it's a question of when. it might. Portland may not be good enough to take advantage of it, but once we get a good team to take advantage of it and they're still doing all this shifting on the fly in the back, um, it's not quite all the way fixed, I don't think. So what I would say is if we do this the entire year and we don't go a half step further, I feel like we're going to end up middling where we we thought we were going to be mid-table somewhere. Probably make a playoffs because everybody's going to make playoffs this year. (laughs) Yeah, everyone makes playoffs. But we're number one right now, baby. Yeah, so I mean, we got to be. relishing that. That's why I think if if we can start the season off with three wins and one tie, I think... There's a lot to be said with team chemistry when it comes to like having a winning attitude. That is a little infectious, even if all the tactics aren't right. That'll go a long way. Yep. Even if the other tides are against us. We have so, players, you know, I mean, to be honest, right? Let's just say this, right? So, I mean, Almada completely bailed us out in the first game. Oh, we had absolutely. no business winning that game, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, that's a loss, right? So if we right now we're at 1-1-1, one, one, and one, which is really honestly where our play has been, yeah. we would still dominate. We clearly deserve to win against Charlotte. Yep. Toronto, I think, you know, we had a little bit of the better player, but yeah. a draw was fair. And we deserve to lose the opening game. Yeah. So if we're 1-1-1, one, one, and one, we're saying we're a mid-table team. Yeah. So the only thing difference between us being optimistic and being middling is Almada the yeah. superstar. Now, he's good enough. Maybe he can do it enough times, but it's no recipe yeah. for doing, you know, that's not, you can't count on that. And so I would say in our division, right, Cincinnati and Nashville look like the other two best teams. Yeah. Right now, yep. Now, can we keep? I pace think with Nashville them? will fade a little bit. Cincinnati looks to me for reals. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, and I th- Philadelphia, I was warning that they might have whatever. They're still going to be there. I think at yeah. the end. I think so too. All right, what else haven't we talked about, people? We've talked about I, it all. I feel like we talked about it all, but any gossip? In oh, the, I don't have any real gossip outside I've, of the, yeah, the Reina saga. I've been looking at the Reina saga. I don't <laughs> think I have any gossip or any social media stuff i've been like breaking up with a boyfriend i've been trying to figure out if i need to stop following like yosef martinez and all the players we got rid of it's kind of hard to like just let it go but i think i'm gonna have to i don't know if we need to talk about it now but we got to shift gears a little bit as i mean we're we're not that far off from the women's world cup right we're we're shifting into that there's gonna be do you know what day the selection of the team is Schedule for it. I Cause don't. Because the, the roster locks in just like with the men's. It locks in, you know, right. considerably before the tournament. Right. It's not a, you can actually switch that, but they make the announcement. Yeah, I do um, not know when the announcement is. I'm not sure about that. So our performance in the She Believes Cup was strong. We did look good. Fun. But at least we won the yeah, She we won. Believe. We won the She Believes Cup. Let's put it that way. Um, and a number of the teams. I mean, I don't know where we're gonna go there, but maybe you want to comment on how 
the number of teams are boycotting the players. Yes. Now, France especially. That's France, the one that's really come yeah, out because uh, Wendy. But Canada, are, too, might. There's a player right. threatening to go. Right? Yeah. Like so Canada, they're the defending Olympic champions. Yeah. And Canada was about to say, like, we're not even playing the She Believes Cup. But what they, are they boycotting? Um, basically, they get unfair treatment compared to their men's team. That's the that's the Canada. But that's the, Canada. France is boycotting the fact that their coach, coach is abusive. They hate their coach. The well, that's a, but those seem like totally different topics. Those are, are different. Topics, there right? are different topics. But it is interesting, though, that like, literally right before the world. I mean, Wendy Renard has been around forever for the French national team. The center right. back who yeah. is like, you know, she might not be one of the best in the world anymore, but she has consistently been one of the best in the world. And so for her, captain of the French national team. Yeah, she's still a very Yeah, good very still, still a very good player. So for her to step away and be like, I'm done with the French national team, and then two other players shortly thereafter also said, we're not playing for this team anymore. And like Katz was saying, how, how, because of the coach. How, wait, how old are they, though? I'm sorry? How old are they? Renard is, is at she's the end. She's like yeah. thirty two or something. Yeah. But I'm, the I'm, other two I'm are only, in their prime. Okay, because yeah. I'm yeah. only asking. Like, it's one thing if stay play. It's easy to, for them to step away if they're like thirty three. No, but she's still the she's captain still, and starting every game. She's okay. still good. So playing. she's older, but she's yeah. by, she would be okay. starting every game as the captain of yeah. that team. But what what what's the headline on what's going on? You know what? I haven't even gotten the specifics why they don't like this coach necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. But it kind of goes to. You know, some of the stuff we saw in the NWSL, just sort of yeah. abusive, not treating the players I'm, I'm well. just here. I just want the facts on what this guy did. She. 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 she what she did. Yeah. See, look at me being sexist. Are you assuming it's a <laughs> male coach? It's a woman. Uh, she is being uh, abusive to yeah. other women on yeah. the team. Yeah, and I don't And she's being backed that she's like real in tight with the guy who's the head of the federation. Like maybe they had a thing together or something. I don't and, know about that. But they're real close or something. And she has and, a wife, so I'm doubting they had a thing. All right. So this but is they're the, real close and he's backing her a hundred percent. I mean, she's been with the French national program for a long time. She played yeah. for them. So she's been with them for a long and time. And they've hated her the whole time. Right. The it, team. It, so it, there's it, no, I don't, there's no, I don't have any facts here on why she's a bad person or bad coach. So let's, I don't know. Or tell me. I mean, we, I honestly don't know. Nobody knows. It hasn't really. Nobody knows. Okay. The so, players have been classy about it. They haven't been like. Okay. So we're moving on. So what was the other? What was the other? Canadians. Drama? The, the Canadians. Canadians getting. No fair pay. Right. They're getting screwed. The bit. men get paid like triple or something. Yeah. For, for, uh, for national team play. Yeah. Yes. Okay. They're having the Which, same fight yeah. that the U.S. Okay. women just. Because I feel like there's a different conversation with national team pay versus club pay. Sure. That's sure. fine. Mm -hmm. But also what the the what those tournaments yield in terms of revenue. Yeah. Uh, for women's and and men's needs to be factored in in terms of what's fair, right? Of advertising dollars and what the pool of revenue money is. Well, that was the and, argument and so, that they made. So but what, that, that what, lost. What equal? Well, equal is is equal based on the ratio, right? Ratio no, of what? That's not what of won. Re of revenue for. That's not what won in the U.S. case. Uh, of course, yeah. it's not what won. I mean, we're not in that. We're not. We're definitely not in that in that era. And I'm, that's why Mikey Dobbs is here to be be the the, the one is. I, I'm not going to stray from like my opinions. I think that it should be equal, mm -hmm. but it should be equal based on the revenues that women's make for the World Cup and what the men's make for the men's World Cup. That is an argument. 
And then the other argument, and the U.S. actually... Because they're kind of separate businesses, right? Like, you could say that. But then, you know, the U.S. especially, and I think Canada following on that, they're like, yeah. look, we keep winning games. Yeah, we yeah. win championships. We have World Cups. And guess what? The men do not. So they're not looking... I mean, they're saying... It's a business, though, right? It like, is a business. It's, it's, so what, but here's what, what does the business make in terms of revenue yeah. and make sure that it's equal? That is, that is well, what one we thing need that's to make hard, sure that happens. So, so the, the Men's World Cup, the sponsors, they pay so much higher, right? Because it's a world television revenue, mm-hmm. right? So there's a huge amount of money that you make for making the World Cup way more than the women's game. Yeah. That being said, right? So the, the U.S. men are contributing a very small percentage to the World Cup. In fact, one World Cup they weren't even in. (laughs) And and the women are driving the entire television audience and much of the, the sponsorship. So they're getting a lot less money. The television audience is pretty big and there's decent money for that. But they are now a huge, much higher percentage of that for the whole tournament. And that's where it gets difficult okay. to quantify, right? So let's say just arbitrarily, the women's revenue for the tournament is one-tenth of what the men's is. Right. But let's say the women are are basically 10 times more important. So if the women didn't weren't in the Women's World Cup, What's in the U.S. Mean? there would be... Well, important means they wouldn't be on TV. There would be no sponsors at all but, but, right, if but, they weren't in the but World But doesn't Cup. that all ladder up to a KPI of revenue? I don't know. Now you're getting into terms I don't I'm understand. Say, look at you with key performance <laughs> like, indicators. Yeah, I, well, no, I mean, I think that's, I'm yeah. not, like, I'll be the jerk on the show, yeah. okay? You're that's not like a jerk. No, I, I because I believe in e- equality, right? But I think the equality has to be that KPI of what the revenue is of yeah. what they're generating for the audience, the advertising, the, the whole kit and caboodle. Mm-hmm. And if it is, here's the men's is representing the men's world cup and what our contribution is. And here's, here's the monies that are coming from that contribution. And then the women's are doing the same. It should definitely be equal. And if there's, if it's skewed there, then there's a real problem. Like to me, that's, there's a bigger problem if we're looking at on that. There's a weird thing though. You know I mean? So all the world cup, right. I mean, you get bonuses for getting further on, but like, you know, for example, Brazil and, and whatever might be the biggest draw in the men's tournament, right? And they don't, for getting in the tournament, they don't get paid any more than the U.S. does, which is kind of weird because yeah. worldwide, the sponsorship, if the U.S. disappears tomorrow, the World Cup's still going to be good, right? But if you lose, let's say, Brazil and, you know, a couple yeah. others, then it's going to be a lot less revenue into the whole tournament because people, the audience is going to go and the, and the sponsorship's going to go. So it's actually interesting because hmm. it's not fair in terms of the sharing from the world cup standpoint right which creates an inequality to begin with and then you're talking about sharing it you know afterwards so yeah yeah. anyway it's complicated it's very complicated it's not simple and i mean u.s soccer has been saying what you're saying mikey dobbs in terms of revenue wise the men make us more money so therefore and and by the way carmen women if like the, the best way to fight back on this by the way is who does who has Rapino played for the last ten years? US she's like Portland. One the, she's one of the biggest stars, right? In yeah. the NWSL. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Rapina, Megan Rapina. Uh-huh. Okay, who uh, Portland? I yeah. think Portland. How many other women do you think know the answer to that? <laughs> other than you come okay, so then uh yeah, Morgan. Who yeah. she played for. She plays for San Diego yeah. now. Was right. Orlando. She went out you to are, You two might be the only two people <laughs> listening to the podcast. And, that. and so yeah. the, there's good reason to change 
the equation on who knows the answers to that. And yeah. then yeah, yeah. that'll come in. That'll change the, the dialogue of what's, what should be coming. Right. Because yeah. same with women's tennis, which I find a hell of a lot more entertaining than men's tennis. Yeah. Women's soccer is extremely entertaining, but the audience needs to care outside of just you know, the world cup. It's, it's interesting. Mm -hmm. I think that the women's soccer has a chance maybe in a way unlike a lot of other women's sports to be big i think if there's going to be a, a, a women's sport that breaks through as like amongst the men soccer is a good candidate for that mm -hmm. and yep. the reason is because the game is exactly the same it's just as entertaining yeah right in some totally. in some cases like in women's basketball there's a problem in that the women can't jump quite as high and the hoop is the same height so it's yeah. a different game the right. men play above the rim and the women don't really yeah so it's a little bit different game it doesn't you know make it let you know whatever but it's a different game whereas soccer it's the exact same game yeah. in yeah. women, right? Yeah, There's no I, difference. I, I agree. Yeah. There's so much upside there. And like, I, I'm a surfing fan and I find the same to be true hmm. with women's hmm. women's surfing. I uh -huh. love like they, like, particularly the last 10 years, like the progression in women's surfing is like, it is incredible. I like, I, as a guy, I look at them like I could only dream to do some of the stuff that they're doing. Right. And I think there's certain, certain areas where that might not be the case just yet. And I think women's soccer is certainly the, you know progressing really quickly on that curve as well. It has huge growth potential. Has huge growth potential. And and the NWSL in some respects reminds me a lot of where the MLS was. The MLS mm. started with eight teams, and then of those eight teams, what three of them ultimately yeah. failed? I mean, it was touch and go whether the league would even survive. Yeah. The NWSL started with like eight teams or somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. You know, a couple of them have failed. They're bringing other things back. I, but I think there's a chance. And if I were the women, they potentially, if they're gutsy enough, they could go for something that the men don't have in the U.S., which is you could go promotion relegation Ooh. right from the beginning and establish it and have it be, we're doing a thing. Jealousy. Yeah. I like it. Huh. Okay. All right. Now, obviously, again, it's ownership or whatever, but the difference being, you always say in, in the U.S. sports, the reason why you can't have relegation is because it's too big to fail, right? Nobody wants to put billions of dollars right. into a franchise and then not be in a professional. Yeah. But the women's franchise right now are not worth nearly as much, and you might be able to make the argument you might get away with it. Now, you'd have to be really gutsy. I don't think they're going to do it. Yeah. But you'd have to be really gutsy. But it could be something that might yeah. be cooler about I think, the women's I think that'll, that, that'll be their challenge, right, is to pay the top-class athletes in women's soccer what they should be earning. To have promotion and relegation would be a real risk, right, because you wouldn't want to be on a team that got relegated, right, where your salary is in jeopardy or you then have to go to another team. I think well, that they would, would just trade them, yeah. I know, but that would be tough for the, the women's league yeah. to pull off. I think that's where the economics of it become really tough, even though I love the idea. I love the idea too. I love it. <laughs> and I feel like we've had so much potential for so yeah, long. I just, I can't figure out what we do to address Mikey Dobbs point yeah. where it's not just cats and me yeah. and the few other people who that's actually, where I want to be. Yeah. I want to be hard on the people that are like, yes, equal wage. Well then tune in and start paying attention to the talent. Mm -hmm. If you want their, well, want the their other thing that be. the NWSL needs right now is what happened to MLS. There were a couple of franchises 
that had, you know, really cool stadiums that built a tradition around game day that started to have a supporter section, et cetera, et cetera. And the NWSL needs that franchise. Mm. It could be even Atlanta, Atlanta. right? Because what happened, one of the things that really pushed on, and I don't think it's really what made MLS survive, but has pushed us on, is a couple of franchises, Seattle, suddenly having 60,000 every game, having the marching supporters march in, et cetera, et cetera. Big atmosphere, right? And then Atlanta copied that Uh and brought it, you know, like there's a bunch of, and now you go to any MLS game on any weekend in any city, and it's the same. They have supporter section. It's crazy, the whole thing. So let's close on this. St. Louis, undefeated. Three wins? Yes. Um, Miracle. (laughs) Have you seen some of the goals they've scored? I haven't. The first game was amazing. It was like an old ball guy running down the right side. Yeah, he keeps scoring for them. He's got to be like 50. Outside Do we even the know his name? Cramped no, up. Just like, old ball guy? Like he, was yeah. like, he looked like, like the glory goal, like just died in the field. Like <laughs> First game, he's like, haul him off to the hospital. Did you see this weekend when he scored the winner? Or no, when no. he scored again? No, it's amazing. He was so old and slow. He was getting back. <laughs> and the, one of the defenders tried to play it back to the goalkeeper, didn't realize that he was back there, yeah. passed it right to him. He turned around and kicked it in. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> he's, even, he's using the old this yeah. to his advantage. Yeah, they mind trick. I yeah, I don't even want to know his name. I just like old yeah. ball guy. Yeah, <laughs> old ball guy. He's amazing. He's <laughs> old and slow. Well, I'm going to officially say we have talked about it all. Well, before we leave, though, before just oh to shout out Lasso coming back ah uh, tonight, and I want to use my buttons. I don't, I'm hoping it's still there. Let's see. Just like batting Guadalajara, you say it. I do it, coach. I do it, coach. Football is alive. Football is alive. And then he said, I really want to dance. Danny Rojas. Ted Loha. Ted Lasso. Unsponsored plug starts tonight on Apple TV. If you need a laugh, we all, Danny Rojas. We all need a laugh in life. Football right now. is life, coach. We do. All right. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening. Yee-hoo!